Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good evening, Paula. Hello, Mr. Roberts. How are you today? I can't complain. It's been a fun week. It has been a fun week. I had Eliane Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. She just gets cuter every day. Cuter and more determined. She is determined. <laughs> she is determined to eat her peas. <laughs> no, I couldn't believe it. She was actually choosing peas over her favorite sweet potatoes. I think it's because she likes the Coco Melon show on Netflix, where oh. they're singing about how much they love their peas. Would you like to sing about the peas? I'll skip on that. But if you're really interested, look up Coco Melon on Netflix. But yeah. We gave her two small bowls of peas, and she was just eating them one after the other. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. She wants to eat her peas. <laughs> yes, she does. Nobody's going to get that if they haven't watched Coco Melon. <laughs> it's a cute show. It's very clean for a baby. Yeah. How about Skipbo? I was previously on a Skipbo run. Again. But... I pulled up to a tie. I think last time we really talked about Skipbo, it was seven to two you, and then I pulled up to nine to nine. I just can't go ahead though. Then you went on a run. But it's tied again. It is tied again. In the last couple games, it just haven't even been close. You're just spanking me. I know. Maybe I should get two tally marks for that. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Anywho. So I don't know if you saw this online, but uh, Kipchoge. The guy that ran sub two hour for the marathon. The guy who's only not gotten first place once in a marathon. Since 2013. <laughs> he's only not been first once. And that was last year at the London Marathon, which we were able to watch the TV coverage of that. It was obvious something wasn't quite right with him when he passed up an aid station without grabbing his bottle. And he fumbled his bottle at an aid station. Yeah, but he let the world know that he is ready for the upcoming Olympics. He ran a 2.04.30 at the age of 36. It's impressive in any age. So he's well positioned to defend his Olympic gold medal. That's true. So it should be exciting. I'm looking forward to the Olympics. Yeah, on another topic, you know what all of the endurance running social media sites and groups are talking about right now? I do not. <laughs> That's because I look at these more than you do. It's all about the Boston October 11, 2021 cutoff time. So registration opened last Tuesday and it was open Tuesday through Friday. And registration was different this year. Usually it's a rolling registration where if you have a 20 minutes under the qualifying time, you get to register first. And then a couple days later, 10 minutes under. 
and so it goes. And so then the very last couple of days, anyone that's qualified but with a buffer of less than five minutes gets to register. But this time, they just open the four-day window, and if you have a qualifying time and you want to run in October, you could register. So nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody. So we have registered. Am I correct in my assumption that if you signed up for Boston in person and you don't make the cutoff, that they're going to put you in the virtual? You have the option of registering for the virtual if you don't get into the in-person race. And I also read, this is kind of strange, that a lot of people, whether they get in or not, they are going to do the virtual race the Saturday before the race. They're going to do it on October 9th, and they're going to do it on the Boston course. Really? Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. So the roads won't be closed, I presume. The roads will not be closed. But on a Saturday. Saturday mornings are pretty calm in our town, but it may be out there in Hopkinton and Framington and those small little towns. Maybe it's not too crowded as well. I think when we drove those roads the last time we were in Boston, they were pretty barren. Yeah, I don't remember there being much of a shoulder on those country roads, but I'm sure that the people that travel that road frequently see runners quite often. Right. So anytime Boston registration opens and before people know what the cutoff time is, all of the people are making all the predictions about what the cutoff time will be. In 2020, they had accepted 31,000 runners, maybe 31,500, but somewhere in that range. And Boston had just made their qualifying standard five minutes harder for every age group. And even so, there was a one minute, 39 second cutoff time. So if you qualified, you had to be a minute 39 faster than the qualifying time in order to get in. But now with the 2021 race, they're still allowing everybody that qualified for 2020 to use those races all the way back from 2018. And a lot of people have aged up. So maybe they had a six minute buffer before and they aged up to get an extra 10 minutes and now have a 16 minute buffer. So you have that. You have the fact that the qualifying window is twice as long. But then you also have, well, will international runners register and risk whether or not the borders will be open? Yeah. And I believe the number of athletes they're going to allow will be less than it has been in the past. Yeah. They're capping it at 20,000 and they're predicting that Roughly 16,000 of those will be qualifiers, and the other spots will be reserved for those who are uh, representing sponsors or raising money for charities. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the predictions are anywhere from, oh, we don't think there will be a cutoff, to, oh, I bet you have to have a 20-minute buffer. <laughs> so nobody knows. Yeah, but, pl- but it's all the conversation. Plus, with it being in October... And we've already talked about it on another podcast. You've got the Chicago Marathon. You've got the Ironman World Championship. 
Didn't you say like London is going on too? London is not the same weekend, but it's like a week before or a week after. I'm not exactly sure which one. Yeah. So there's just a lot going on, a lot of variables. Yeah. So we'll just see. We registered. Yeah. We have no idea. But I do think just to keep my streak alive, if I don't get in, I'm probably going to do virtual. Might as well. Might as well. You're going to have a, a good base of training by then. Yeah. And then we don't know the qualifying window for Boston 2022 yet, but if my April 3rd race is in that window, then I've already got a really good buffer for that race. Yeah, you're golden next year. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> so in today's podcast, I thought we would talk about Friends. The show? No, not the show. That's good, because that show, yeah. I've never really watched that show, <laughs> so I'm not a fan of Friends, but it might be a decent show. I don't know, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about training with friends, and I don't train as much with friends as I used to. I used to train with a group of guys six or seven days a week, the LPG, and we just had a blast, and I know you have trained with a group of girls, the squad. And you all traveled all over the place for, for your girl trips. It's just really nice to be able to share our endurance hobby with other people. I'm just going through in my head. I can probably think of 10 to 15 really good girlfriends that I've met and have trained with and run with over the 11 years that I've been an endurance athlete. Yeah, same with me. I've made some pretty close Friends, probably about that same number. Just a lot of good memories. Hopefully a lot more good memories to come. It's been nice over the years just to have friends that have offered encouragement or that I've been able to encourage you know, on some of those really hard workouts or really long workouts. It's just great to have friends because it really makes the time go by more quickly as you're telling stories and cutting up and just having a, a good time while you're doing what your body needs. <laughs> that reminds me. One morning this past week, there was a really good story on our run. Can I tell it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, my friend Kelly, her parents were out of town. So she was trying to take care of their flowers because it was going to freeze. So she went and she covered the flowers with towels or sheets or just several things just to help keep the flowers dry and her parents neighbors the next morning was very helpful and went and gathered up all of the linens to get it off of the flowers as the sun was coming out just didn't want them to get too wet i don't know much about gardening but i'm just relaying what i remember of the story so picked up the towels and things and laid them over in a lawn chair Kelly went to her parents' house and thought it would probably be a good idea to launder those things. So she put it all in the washing machine. And when the washer had run its cycle, put it in the dryer. And then as she was leaving, she noticed that her daughter, Annie, had left a light on at her parents' house. So they circled back and went back in the house and went in, turned the light out, and noticed that it looked like there was... A light coming from the laundry room just caught her eye so she goes in there and she's kind of looking and it looks like there's a light 
circulating in the dryer, which she's not familiar with her parents' dryer. So she's thinking, well, maybe a light stays on. So she goes over and investigates and she opens it up and she starts digging through. And you know those solar lights that you can just (laughs) stick in the ground? Yes. Evidently, when the neighbor picked up all the linens, picked up a solar light. That is funny. (laughs) And then... In the dark of the dryer, it was lit up. So anyway, I think she was really glad that Annie had left a light on and they went back because who knows what would have happened if a light went through an entire dryer's cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, good stories on a run. Good stories on a run. So, <laughs> uh, so I heard a safety topic one time that basically said, don't leave your washing machine or your dryer running when you're not around. Because the washing machine could flood or something bad could happen to the dryer and something catch on fire. I thought that's what you were going to say. I thought you were going to say the dryer caught on fire. No, I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) I also wasn't going to scold my friend for leaving the dryer on. Well, that's not my point. We've done the same thing. We do it all the time. Good story. (laughs) <laughs> we laughed. So it's great when you've got a group of friends, one or more friends, that are at the same ability with the same goals so that you can train together. But that's not always going to be the case because friends are going to have different abilities and friends may have different goals. So what I want to really talk about today was how can you still train with your friends even though you have different abilities or different goals. Sounds good. All right, so I was thinking if we're talking about triathlon, if you go to the pool, you know it really doesn't matter a whole lot because each person gets their own lane at least where we swim, and your head's under the water 90% of the time. (laughs) But it's still encouraging to have somebody to talk to on the pool deck or between uh, intervals, and it's also... You know, there's accountability that, hey, I'm going to do my swim today. Are, are you going to go at this time? It's great to have friends to help you get to the pool and get in that cold water. But another thing you could do with friends at the pool is share a lane every once in a while, even if you're not the same speed. And then you can get some practice passing people or being passed. You're dealing with some waves. It's another way you could swim with friends, get a little added training and then if you're going to do open water swimming you really need to have people around just to be safe we like to talk about safety on this podcast whether that's somebody from the shore keeping an eye on the swimmers or somebody on a jet ski keeping an eye on the swimmers (laughs) as long as the jet ski driver doesn't maybe accidentally bump into the swimmer (laughs) accidents happen (laughs) I don't think you're too happy with me that day. <laughs> hey, I was appreciative that you were there in case anything went wrong. <laughs> and a little startled when you ran into the jet ski. Because <laughs> you know the jet ski didn't run into you. No, of course not. The jet ski did not run into me. <laughs> Hopefully my sighting is better than that. Even when I don't have my contacts in. <laughs> I should be able to see a jet ski. And whoever's driving the jet ski ought to be able to see me. (laughs) Ought to be able to keep their distance. (laughs) Sorry about that, babe. (laughs) So I was talking to a salesman today 
who was talking about driving a jet ski in the ocean. I think he said it was 20 years ago. Anyway, when he rented the jet ski, they told him, stay away from other people who are riding the jet skis. And he didn't really understand why, but at one point, horsing around, I guess he went over a wave and ended up flying off of his jet ski. Well, at the, about the same time, somebody else on a jet ski who was probably too close turned, not knowing that his jet ski was right there, ran into his jet ski. Fortunately, he was on the other side of the jet ski when he fell off, and it broke the jet ski into two pieces. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, why did I bring that up? Oh, yeah. Jet skis <laughs> are not the easiest things to control, and that's why they have a, a safety strap on them. And that's how that came up in the conversation with the salesperson today. I was talking about the safety strap on a treadmill, and we got going down a rabbit hole talking about jet skis. Back to open water swimming. It's a good idea to have somebody keeping an eye on things, and, and even if everybody is swimming, it's a good idea to swim in a loop of some sort. So as you're sighting, you have an idea of where other people should be, and that way you can keep an eye on each other. And did I tell you on my Christmas list I wanted some of those goggles that show your pace and your direction right there in the line of sight? Uh, you've told me multiple times on the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Christmas is a long way off. Yes, it is. And when am I going to get to use them at Christmas time anyway? Exactly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And my birthday's in the wintertime. Well, I'll make a deal. What's the deal? I will get you those goggles for Christmas if you get us a trip somewhere warm where you can use those goggles at Mm. Christmas. (laughs) Now we're talking. All right. (laughs) We'll have to think about that. Mm. So we talked about training in the pool with friends. If you're... I do have something to say about training in the pool with friends. Yes. When I first started swimming, I was probably the slowest swimmer in the pool. And so sometimes, to build confidence, you know what I used to do? What was that? I'd put on fins. Really? Did you know that when you swim with fins, your speed is greatly increased? (laughs) I've noticed that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a tip for anybody out there struggling as the slowest swimmer in the pool. Stick some fins on occasionally and just fly by the people. Yeah. (laughs) It's good practice. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's move on to riding the bike with friends. And again, we're talking about when your ability is different than the friends that you're training with, whether you're faster or you're slower, either way. Could I just tell a story? You can. Okay. You go right ahead. So, I can't remember which race you were training for, but you would meet a group of guys every morning. Well, not every morning. You would meet a group of guys a few mornings a week. You guys always did the same route, the blueberry route. And it had, it didn't have any big climbs, but it had two or three decent hills. I know which route you're talking about. You know the route? So, anyway, I... I was invited to ride along one morning, and I thought, well, this is going to be miserable because you guys were probably stronger riders than me, but I thought, hey, I'll give it a try. So this group 
drafts and they get in a line and take turns. So I thought, well, as a weaker rider, which I'm sure you're probably going to give this tip, that when I get to the front of the line, I'll just go ahead and drop to the back so that I won't waste any energy pulling. Then I would just hold on to the draft. So if I remember correctly, there were a total of five of us and you were number four in line and I was number five in line because I'm most comfortable. If I'm gonna draft, which I usually don't draft, I'm most comfortable doing it on your wheel because I trust you. So I was feeling great. We got probably halfway through the ride being pulled by the first three guys and eventually they took their turn and dropped to the back. And so now you're first in line and I'm second in line and the other three are behind me. And guess what happened? I seem to recall a couple minutes later glancing over my shoulder and there was nobody there. You dropped me like a rock. (laughs) (laughs) That was unfortunate. (laughs) The other guys came around me and said, we'll go get him. He's in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, I felt really bad. (laughs) Anyway, back to your... I'm just not sure where to go after that. (laughs) Riding with friends. Like you're saying, if you're the weaker person on a ride, don't feel obligated to take the lead and and pull the others. The others will understand and and let you draft off the back. If you're one of the stronger riders, here's some things that you can do to basically slow yourself down so that you can train with friends. You could go with some lower end equipment on your bike so it's a little bit heavier or less aerodynamic. Wear some less aero clothes or you could try the specialized armadillo tires. Have you ever heard of armadillo tires? Only because I'm married to you, yes. All right, well, I had the bright idea a number of years ago that I would buy the armadillo tires because I wanted to reduce the likelihood of a flat. (laughs) And this was before the tubeless tires. I hope you got dropped like a rock. I got dropped like a rock. (laughs) Those Tires are slow, let me just tell you. Uh, So that's an option to slow yourself down. (laughs) And we're talking about the stronger person. You know, take the lead. Let let your friends who aren't as strong draft off you. And then if you're going to be riding indoors, if you don't have the space or the equipment to where people can ride together indoors, get on the phone. Use our modern technology and... Carry on a conversation. Still schedule the, the time you're going to ride. You don't necessarily have to do the same ride or the same workout. With Zwift, you could be riding together virtually, or you could be doing totally separate workouts, but still on the phone, carrying on a conversation. Not as easy to carry on a conversation when you're running, but on a bike, even if you're working hard, it's it's not too bad to carry on a conversation. It should be easy to carry on a conversation on the phone if it's your easy day yes conversational pace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that brings up the next point i wanted to bring up you know keep your easy days easy and if you're riding a bike or you're running as long as you're maintaining good form you know going easy is 
is easy. You don't need to feel like you have to go a particular speed on your easy day to get the benefit out of it. Yeah, we have most of our athletes we coach, either they're running alone or they run with the same group of people for their easy runs. But we have one athlete who has three or four different groups of people that she runs with. And so her easy day paces vary sometimes by a minute, a minute and a half as she just kind of goes with the flow of whichever friends she's running with that day. So she's getting the endurance fitness and enjoying a bunch of different groups of friends. Yeah, and when we ask questions, she says, yeah, it was easy, even though it was a minute per mile different from a different easy day. Yep. So the point being is, if you need to run slower to be able to run with your friends, then that's great, as long as you're not changing your form and risking an injury. On the flip side, if you're the slower person in the group, don't go too hard on your easy day to try to keep up with your stronger friends. If they're not willing to slow down and meet you where you need to be, then that's a good day to do something on your own. Exactly. Another idea for hanging out with your friends when you're training is to do loops. And I know here in our hometown, a friend of ours, Dylan, has organized a group run on every Thursday morning at 5.29 a.m. Just show up. Just show up. It's called Project Rise. And every run consists of a very short loop. Maybe maybe it's a half mile, but it's really short. And there have been times where there was a couple hundred people that just showed up of all different abilities. Some people ran hard. Some people ran easy. Some people walked. But everybody was doing the same loop, and they would cheer each other on. And I think every workout's, what, 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. Something like 30 minutes. And then they all finish together and have a little social time before and after. So doing loops is a great way to uh, incorporate training with friends who may have different abilities. Another idea, and we've done this a few times, like when we're out of town or sometimes even when we're at the local track, uh, you and I'll run in opposite directions so that we see each other more often. So that's another idea. If you're running a loop, run opposite directions. And then this is probably more relevant when you're cycling than it is cycling and running. But if you travel on common routes in your area, you're likely to see other people if it's a route that other cyclists frequent. I know one thing that we've done when we, speaking of track workouts, is... If I do my intervals in lane one and you do your intervals in lane eight, it seems to keep us closer together. Yeah. So. That's true. That's another tip if you're doing track work and you have two-minute hard efforts followed by a two-minute easy recovery. If the faster runners are out in a higher lane and the slower runners are in lane one, then it's easier to regroup during that two-minute recovery because you all stay closer together. That's true. And that's also a a good reason to do time-based workouts when you're doing something like that. We like time-based. Yeah, it's good. So in addition to running in different lanes, something that you and I have done in the past, because we're pretty good friends, 
Most time. And we have different abilities. But what we've done in the past is sometimes I would run with you on some of your tempo days. And that might be closer to my easy pace. So your hard day might be my easy day. And so we can run together on those days. And then... (laughs) And then sometimes... When you say that out loud, it makes me feel slow. (laughs) That was not my intention. I know. I enjoy having you along on my tempo days. (laughs) I enjoy being there. It does remind me of a story, though. Can I finish my point? Sure. And you tell a story. Sure. So, and sometimes on these days, when after you finish your tempo work, I may speed up and do my harder efforts. So I just put my harder efforts near the end of the run, whereas yours are more towards the middle. So we both get a good workout and we spend a little time together. That's true. All right, so tell me your story. (laughs) So I was training really at the same pace with two of my friends, a girlfriend and a guy friend. And we were training for the same marathon for about the same pace. And you showed up for our hard day, which is an easier day for you. And during that first seven-minute tempo pickup, you had the guy I was training with chit-chatting the whole time. And the poor guy was spent. He couldn't do the rest of his intervals. (laughs) (laughs) So if if you're doing this with a person who is training hard on a tempo day and it's your easy day, you may want to tell them, hey, I might be chit-chatting, but you don't have to respond. <laughs> I remember that. Another lesson learned. I'm going to have to come up with some stories on you. Oh, I'm sure you have plenty. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> so sometimes on those seven-minute intervals, people would be going at different paces. So another way that friends of different abilities can run together is regroup after the intervals. When you're on your recovery between intervals, turn around and regroup. And then you can, after you catch your breath, chit-chat for a minute or two before your next interval. And then regroup after the next one. And when you get to the end, do your cool down together. But you know, even if you're running with friends that are at a similar fitness level, everybody's going to have good days and bad days. So on a tempo run, especially if we're doing seven minutes on, two minutes recovery. We always tell each other, hey, if somebody falls off, don't let that, don't let that slow you down. Like, let's just regroup in the recovery. So just letting your friends know, hey, it's okay if you leave me in your dust. I'm good with that. I'm glad you're having a great training day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. And same thing on race day. It's a good idea to talk to your friends in advance if you're running with friends on race day to make sure all involved are in agreement on sticking together or letting somebody that's feeling good take off. So another way to train with friends is using a staggered start. Since people have different abilities, some are faster, some are slower, whether this is on the the bike or or the run, maybe even in open water swimming, you could have one person start a interval And this would be more like distance-based intervals. And then a few seconds later, have the next person start. And then a few seconds later, have the next person start. But some people may take offense at that, thinking, well, you're saying I'm slow because you want me to go first. 
That's not the point. The point is that we're in this together. And if you feel like you're being chased, you're probably going to go faster. And if you have somebody in front of you to chase, you're probably going to go faster. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. But it's still funny when, uh, when I've suggested that in the past because some people give me a, a funny look and think I'm saying that people are slow, but that's not the point at all. The point is to meet each athlete where they're at and try to help everybody get better. I don't remember the story exactly on one of these workouts, but a friend of mine, Jared, he came running past me, and I believe it was on a 400-yard repeat, and he had some leg speed. He really does. And when it was finished, I told him that he came running past me like a freight train, and then I made the sound of a train. Choo-choo! And so that became a thing between me and him. But I asked him if he remembered this story, and he doesn't remember it very well either. So I'm going to just stick with my story since nobody else knows the story. I'm sorry while you were telling that story. I had to run out of the room and get Ellie's toy. (laughs) Ellie has some cute toys. So Jared didn't remember that story either, but he did remember being in the St. Patrick's Day 10K, and you and I were there cheering for all the athletes, but Jared was having a really good race, and he was not too far behind somebody else that we knew, and when we cheered him on, I made that sound, choo-choo, and he shifted into a gear he didn't even know he had, took off, and ended up passing that person that was ahead of him, and as Jared tells the story, this uh, this other person now warns people not to be anywhere close to Jared in the last 400. <laughs> so that, that all has to do with staggering a start. Have you ever done a staggered start workout? No, but my wheels are spinning. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, because yeah. you could do that with your squad, chase each other down, especially on these VO2 max workouts. When you're really trying to push yourself hard, stagger the start. Don't let anybody catch you or see if you can catch everybody. Anyway, I like those workouts, but they're tough. That's a lot of different ways you could train with friends, even if there's different abilities. But but what if your abilities are just so much different or maybe somebody has an injury? It's still great to have that social time. So just a few things that you could do if you're in that situation. So you and I have done this before. When you were training for the Chicago Marathon, which was going to be your first until you had an injury, I would ride the bike beside of you, and I enjoyed that. I think you enjoyed that, so that was good. Yeah, I think that bike riding stems all the way back to when you were in high school running cross-country. I would ride a bike on the weekends beside you while you were doing your summer solo training runs. Yeah, so I've got a story on you. Mm, no. So we used to go to Rough River quite often, and I didn't want to miss out on my training, which at that time was running. So you had the idea that you would ride a bike beside of me while we were at Rough River. And Rough River, Kentucky is very hilly, whereas Owensboro's Pancake Flat. But you would struggle to get up the hills, and I would run off and leave you on foot while you were trying to ride the bike up the hill. 
And yeah, then, this is before we even had road bikes. I think I was on a Huffy with no gears. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a low end bike for sure. It was before we were cyclists. It was. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and then you would hold on the brake as we were going down the hill, so you could be with me. And on the next hill, we'll I'd have, run off and leave you. I have no momentum. So I think you rode the bike with me once at Rough River. True story. Yeah, not the best route for riding beside of a runner. So I remember one time when I was Ironman training, there was a loop that I liked to ride the bike on. It was about a 10 mile loop. And on this particular day, I was doing about 10 laps on this 10 mile loop. And you set up an aid station for me and not my finest moment, like dropping you on that ride. As I'm coming through the aid station for the first time, <laughs> I neglected to slow down. You were holding the bottle out there. And I just, I come by at 25 miles an hour and grab that bottle out of your hand and about knock you over. <laughs> but I realized after I just about knocked you over that, hmm, I should probably slow down. Because in Iron Man, I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to do that to a volunteer. And Why you, would I do that to you? <laughs> you probably want your Sherpa to be there on the next lap. <laughs> I did. Sometimes... Doing this endurance sport thing, I don't always, I'm not always as considerate <laughs> of you as I should be. Live and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> and fortunately, I didn't throw your shoulder out of place or anything like that. <laughs> you did fly through like a rocket. I'd forgotten that. That was a, that was a good workout. Mm. <laughs> that was a good workout. Another idea, if your abilities are different or you're injured or, or you're just looking for ways to encourage other people is to volunteer in an event. I'm always so appreciative at races when I see the police blocking traffic or the aid station workers who are cheering and providing uh, nutrition or finish line workers handing out food and medals. Just so appreciative. And I remember in one of my Ironman Louisville events, a friend of mine, Derek, he worked in T1. I don't know if I knew he was going to be in T1. Maybe I did. But anyway, he saw me coming into T1, and he was a big help as I prepared to get on the bike. And it was just great to see a friend. And that was the year that you had bought, I don't know, 20 or 30 shirts and gave out to our friends who were all coming to cheer me on at Louisville, friends and family. And it was great to see the the people that I trained with, family, friends, all along the course in their matching shirts. That was, that was pretty awesome. You did great. Thank you. Yeah. But it's not going to always work out that you're going to be able to support your friends or train with your friends. Sometimes your workouts just need to be executed, even if it doesn't line up with what your friends are doing. You really need to keep your big goals in mind. And your true friends, they're going to accommodate their training as much as they can to work with you, or they're going to understand when the training needs are just too different. Now, when you're coming back from an injury, you might be anxious to reconnect with your friends, but this is a time to be very careful. If you join with your friends, you may go harder than you need to, or you may go farther than you need to, or you may ignore your pain because you don't want to trouble your friends. Personally, I find it better... For recovery to train by myself when I'm bouncing back from an injury. Yes, I agree with that. And I recently didn't heed that advice after the 
Carmel Marathon, my first easy run bike, I planned that with two friends. And as soon as I got into it, I knew that my legs were not ready for that easy run. But I had met these two friends, and so I just kind of pushed through. And so that probably set me back another few days in my recovery. So I do think that if you're coming off an injury or if you've just had a big race and you're recovering, it's best to ease back into that solo. Yep, I agree. On another note, you want to make sure that the friends you run with are supportive of where you are and what your goals are. I know this past week, I ran with a friend of mine who is coming off of an injury, and even though a small portion of my run had some hill repeats in it, we had coordinated it where we would do our easy distance together. She would continue doing some easy distance for 10 or 15 minutes while I completed my hill repeats, and then we rejoined and finished the easy part together. So you can still manage to support each other's goals You just have to communicate and be flexible. Yeah, and good friends will be that way. Yep, and we have awesome running friends. Yes, we do. And even people you know that you don't really train with, if you follow them on social apps like Strava or Garmin Connect, you know, it's a really good idea. If you notice they're not recording activities for a while, reach out to them. It'll really mean something to them that that you noticed and maybe you can offer them some encouragement or find out if something's going on and start praying with them. But just another way to incorporate friends into your training routine. But some people really just prefer to train alone, and that's okay too. I know you sometimes like to listen to music, and sometimes I listen to music as well. My daughter-in-law, Shelby, let me have her old Apple Watch which works well with my aftershocks, so I can listen to music without having to carry a phone. Some people like to listen to audiobooks. Some people may want to listen to this podcast while they're training. Of course. Of course. Or maybe you just like looking and listening to the sounds of nature, or maybe you like to just spend that quiet time in prayer or praise. Lately, when I've been listening to music on my solo runs, I've been listening to... Suzuki Book 3, Valiant. Is there a Suzuki Book 4? I have Suzuki Book 4 because I am currently on my last piece in Suzuki Book 3. You are quite the violinist. (laughs) You do really sound good. You should really play for the podcast sometime. (laughs) That would be a negative. (laughs) Hmm. All right. For our listeners, if you want to hear Paula play the violin... On a podcast, (laughs) put something on the RYR Endurance Team Facebook group. (laughs) Pretty sure that'll be quiet. (laughs) All right, so I guess just to wrap this up, it's whether you train by yourself or train with friends, it's still really good to include friends in your endurance sports, whether that's through volunteer or just encouragement or coordinating schedules. Because remember, it's not just about training. Training's fun. Training's important to help you reach your goals. But it should also be about relationships, too. I know we've made some really good relationships throughout the years. We have. Good friends. We always like to include a scripture in our podcast. And preferably one that goes along with the topic. We typically try to do that, but <laughs> just whatever we feel like the Lord lays on our hearts. 
And I've got two this time. You okay with two? Always. The more the merrier. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Yeah, and a little bit later in Ecclesiastes, it also talks about a cord of three, where it refers back to the scripture of the two, but then having the Lord as that third cord. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And another scripture, Proverbs 27, verse 17, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And my friend and accountability partner, Steve, he likes to refer to this scripture with the idea that he and I sharing our lives and praying for each other helps strengthen each of us. But it also relates to, you know, just any type of relationship we have. If we have friends that are, you know, good role models or positive influences on our lives, then they make us better persons and hopefully makes us more like Christ. So if you would like to be part of the conversation, look for us on Facebook. Look for RYR Endurance Team. And as a reminder, if you'd like to hear Paula play her violin, <laughs> let us know in the Facebook group. If you have podcast topics you would like for us to discuss, let us know. If you just have questions in general, post them into the group. And we, or other members of the group, will look forward to responding and just having some dialogue about all things running and triathlon. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.